It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Panthers Nation? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Hope you guys are having yourselves a good week. We are going to roll along here with some more post-draft coverage. I wanted to take a look at some of the draft grades. We looked at uh, some of the other NFC South drafts so far this week, and we touched on the players and the undrafted players. But I wanted to take a look at kind of the how the overall media landscape liked the Carolina Panthers draft. So just going to skim through a couple here. Uh, for the most part, though, i got to say that uh, a lot of the media seemed to like what the Panthers did. There was, you know, a bunch of – it feels like the average was about a B, P, B plus. There were a couple A's in there. Um, first one that uh, bounces out regarding some of the the higher – or the, the guys that were higher on the draft than others, Vinny Iyer of Sporting News gave the Panthers an A. Vinny writes, quote, the Panthers didn't mess around with their defensive rebuild for Matt Rule. Marty Herney was locked in for impact players at position of need, starting with Brown. Gross Matos is a good complement to Brian Burns, while Chin will make a ton of plays everywhere for them. Pride was a tremendous value pick to help replace James Bradbury, too. Great recognition to know the team is loaded offensively and needed to get much better overall on the other side. So Vinny Iyer, one of the few, one of the couple people here that were uh, f- pretty high on the Panthers draft. There was also someone over at NFL.com, Chad Rudder, Ruder, Rudder. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, uh, but he was pretty high on the Panthers draft as well. He gave them an A minus. Chad writes, "Quote: Head coach Matt Rule bolstered the team's talent up front with the picks of Brown and Gross Matos, then aided the secondary with safety Chin." In the third round, speedy corner pride in the fourth, former West Virginia and XFL player Robinson in the fifth, and the tall Thomas Oliver in round seven. Rule also picked up his former Baylor pupil Roy, yet another defensive lineman. They went all defense in this draft, and they could still use help at guard and tight end. And of course, we talked about a couple of the players that they filled at those positions in the undrafted free agency period. They, of course, uh, got Cam Sutton of Fresno State. They took the kid out of uh, Western Michigan. So they got a couple of tight ends and a couple of uh, offensive players, offensive linemen, including one of one of uh, Matt Rule's former guys there at uh, Baylor. So an A- minus there from, from Chad Reuter. Uh, Pete Prisco also gave the Carolina Panthers an A. So a couple of a couple of A's here for the Carolina Panthers as we look at what he wrote about the Panthers draft. Uh, he he kind of broke it down by his best pick, worst pick, and what he wrote is the skinny. So Pete's best pick in his opinion for the Panthers was of course Derek Brown. Pete says he will be a force in the middle of their defense and might end up being the best defensive player in this draft. He says his worst pick, uh, he, he actually said it was hard to find a worst pick, which is uh, a, a good 
a good sign when it's, when he struggled to find the worst pick. But he says he'll be nitpicky and go with fourth round corner Troy Pride. He has the ability, but just needs to fine fine tune some things. But I mean, if if you're if you're talking about that as the reason that's the worst pick, and he was in the fourth round, I think that tells you the team did pretty good. Uh, his overall thoughts were that. Uh, he says they killed it in the first three rounds of the draft, getting Brown, second-round pass rusher Yitor Grossmatos, and third-round safety, well, second-round safety Jeremy Chin is coop for the Panthers. That defense now has some top-flight talent, which it needed. So really encouraging words from Pete Prisco there of CBS Sports. Uh, a couple of B-pluses, Dan Kadar of SB Nation and Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated. We'll start with what uh, Andy Benoit wrote, and he actually had quite quite a lot to say, so I'll just kind of skim through it. But um, he, start, he started this intro, or he started his uh, analysis by saying the nice part about a full-scale rebuilding project is it gives you a lot of options in the draft. Then he writes, though it appears the Panthers may have only been aware of half of theirs as they became the first team in modern history to take only defensive players in an entire draft. But he does like how the Panthers basically laid the foundational pieces, uh, especially in the defensive trenches, like Derek Brown, who Andy believes has superb athleticism given his thundering size. He writes, no matter how dominant he might be as a run defender, it's hard to justify taking any defensive lineman in the top 10 in today's NFL if he can't get to the quarterback. Uh, Because Andy does question that if his athleticism extends far enough to make him a consistently high-level pass rusher. So that seemed to knock some points off a little bit, but he does like that the Panthers will be uh, very dominant inside with Brown, uh, pairing Brown with K1 short in the interior. He believes that'll make life easier on whoever Luke Kuechly's replacement at middle linebacker will be. Uh, he does like Itor Grossmados a lot. Uh, believing that he writes they got physically stronger at the spot next to Brown, too, finding in Yitor Grossmados a classic, imposingly built 4-3 style DN, who, thanks to the departures of Mario Addison and Bruce Irvin, will assume, or will likely assume, a significant rotational role right away. And then he mentions how Justin Burris did some nice things for Cleveland, so likes that he'll get the opportunity to start, but also likes the selection of Jeremy Chin. So that's Andy Benoit, and then if we go to uh, Dan Kadar of SB Nation, again, another guy that gave them a B plus. He uh, he loves, obviously loves Derek Brown, uh, says that Yitor Grossmatos was a productive player in college and will give the Panthers a physical and athletic edge player, uh, believes that Jeremy Chin is a fast, explosive safety, and in Chin they should have a good starter in Kadar's mind. And then mentions how they round out the defense on day three with Troy Pride and Kenny Robinson. And then added Bravion Roy in round six. And he believes of those three, Kenny Robinson could make the quickest impact. He says the former XFL player has speed and is a willing tackler. So those those were uh, Dan Kadar's thoughts. And then PFF gave them a B. This PFF viewed Derek Brown as a good player but not an elite one. Uh, they they consider Gross Matos' rushing technique as awkward 
and his lack of college production gives them pause. So just goes to show you how two play, uh, two different places, two sites, two scouts can look at the same player, uh, but have completely different takeaways, even even just their production. We just said Dan Kadar felt that uh, Gross Mondos was very productive. I thought he was very productive too, but I guess PFF didn't think so as well. Um, and then Eric Edholm of Yahoo gave the Panthers a B minus. Uh, Eric says his favorite pick was Jeremy Chin, who can be a tight end eraser in time, in Eric's words. Uh, but his least favorite pick was actually Kenny Robinson. Uh, Eric actually believes that uh, Robinson's play was up and down. So again, v- always interesting to get these different um, these different opinions from from all these national media media guys. But um, those are kind of the overall draft grades. Uh, the the uh, All Panthers site at uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, Shuler Callahan gave grades for all the Panthers picks. He gave them an A plus for Derek Brown, a B plus for Gross Matos, an A minus for Jeremy Chin, B minus for Pride, B for Robinson, C plus for Bravion Roy, and a C minus in uh, in Stanley Thomas Oliver, calling him a risky pick in the seventh round. But I mean, how much of a risk is it really when you're in the seventh round? You know that this is the time to take those gambles, right? I mean, if you if you cut a seventh round pick, no one's really going to blink an eye. And we talked about Thomas Oliver. He's only he's only played cornerback for two years, and he was second team All Conference USA in 2019. So you know, watching him a little bit, you, you feel like Thomas Oliver can kind of give you that that depth piece. You know, some extra bodies there in the cornerback room. So you know. Hard for me to really sit here and say that a team deserves a C minus pick for a seventh round pick, you know, especially at a position of need. You know, I, I get people want to trash a team if they take, say, a specialist in round five, like like the Patriots did, you know, taking uh, the kicker out of Marshall. Um, you know, yeah, it's always surprising. We see kickers kind of go in those rounds. I think for me, what was more surprising there was it wasn't one of the guys from the Senior Bowl. But in the seventh round, I mean, you're you're just throwing darts, right? You're, these are basically lottery tickets that you're hoping uh, are are winners. And if they're not, well, then you just throw the throw the ticket away and get a new one. That, that's basically what rounds six and seven are in the NFL draft. So I mean. You know, to sit here and say, oh, they got a, a C plus in Bravion Roy and a C minus in Stanley Thomas Oliver the third, but I mean it is what it is. This we're we're in a world where media has to give grades on every single pick, right? But it's it's whatever. You know, I'm overall I th- I thought the Panthers did really well in the draft as well. I I'd probably give them at least a B plus. Again, we we you know, I think I kind of touched on the grade before, but, you know, kind of following off of this. Again, the surprising thing was they didn't take any offensive players, right? We, we thought they would take, say, an interior offensive lineman or maybe a tight end late. You know, we knew they needed to fix the defense, but I never thought they would use seven picks on the defensive side of the football. But that's exactly what they did here. But, again, the, the players that they took at those positions, 
are really good players, especially at the top. Um, listen, again, when if we look in a couple of years, if these players develop and they become as big of hits as we think they could be, we're going to look back on this draft two or three years from now and we're going to say, wow, Matt Rule did a hell of a job in his first NFL draft as a head coach. They really identified the players that they needed. They really identified talent. And now this defense is going to be one of the best in the NFL. That's the goal in in two or three years, that we can look back on this with a lot of positive thoughts. And I think that's very possible because, again, I love Derek Brown in the middle. I love the pairing with uh, K1 Short. And I think a guy like Bravion Roy is going to add some nice depth and a nice rotational piece in that line. You know, you bring in... And then you bring in a, a great edge rusher like Yitor Grossmanos. You get him in the second round. Now you're going to have a young, a young edge rotation, a, a young edge duo that can really develop into something fun to watch between Grossmanos and Brian Burns. And then you get again one of my favorite prospects in this draft in Jeremy Chin. You know, you you get him at the back end of round two when there were some that were speculating that he could have went in the back end of round one because of his versatility and his athleticism. But again, he's a guy that, you know, you do need to develop a little bit. But at pick 64, I thought was was really good value. And then Troy Pride, like I talked about, was one of my f- favorite guys coming out of the Senior Bowl. And to get him in the fourth round, polish him up a little bit, I think you're going to find yourself a good starter. Now, I've said before, I think... One move the Panthers should look into making now that free agency is over, or now that the the draft is over, is maybe re-sign Ross Cockrell. Because we we praised him quite a bit during the 2019 season. He stepped in in place of an injured Dante Jackson and played very well. You know, so he can be kind of that veteran presence. And he, he would be one of your starters, I think, out of the gate. You know, because I think Troy Pride... You know, you might want to polish him up a little bit before you throw him to one of those outside spots. But I think, you know, you you get Cockrell back. I think it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to have Cockrell and Dante Jackson as your two outside guys. And then maybe have uh, Troy Pride at the nickel position. And then you can, of course, have, you know, an extra defensive back with uh, Jeremy Chin. Or maybe Chin eventually works his way. Uh, into the starting lineup ahead of Justin Burrow. So, I mean, you know, a guy like Ross Cockrell can really, I think, add some flexibility. It can really add some options to the back end of that defense. And at at this point, it's not going to cost you all that much money. So, I I think the Panthers at least have to, to consider that, you know, if they're, especially if you say, like what, you consider what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball, kind of mixing in, you know, your veteran presence and your and your young guys. Maybe you can do that with the defense a little bit with Cockrell. And then you have Cockrell, you have Short, you have Shaq. So you have your veteran leadership, but you're still able to develop a lot of these young guys. So while the immediate future looks bleak for this team, we've touched on this a number of times, but uh, while the immediate future looks be- bleak, Uh, for the Panthers, the future, I think, is bright. It's like I've said, you know, I think I've said um, a while ago when talking to my buddy Ben Albright 
down to the Senior Bowl, we talked about the new head coaches, and we agreed that the best short-term head coaching hire, and remember, there was only, what, like five head coaching changes? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He said, and I kind of agree with him, the best short-term head coaching position, or the, uh, the best short-term head coaching hire was Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys. But the best long-term hire from this offseason was Matt Rule. So I'm really excited to to get to watch all these guys develop. I think the seeds are planted for what's going to be a strong rebuild for this Carolina Panthers team. And the national media seems to agree. You know, again, for for the most part, we've gotten A's and B's from the overall draft halls for the Carolina Panthers. So a lot of positive thoughts here, a lot of a lot to be excited about over the next couple of years. You know, again, it's it's gonna be a bumpy road in twenty twenty, but uh the the way does th- I think is going to be worth it when we get to say twenty twenty two. And I think this team is back as a contender in the NFC South. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up here. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in for uh, for another edition here. Uh, we'll be back, of course, tomorrow to wrap up the week. And as always, stay safe, guys. Stay healthy. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.